0: Good evening, or this evening, if you would, turn with me to Acts chapter 3, the third chapter of the book of Acts, and I'm going to begin reading at verse number 1, Acts chapter 3, beginning with verse number 1. Again, thank all of you for your attendance on this evening. Thank those of you from North Point who have come out this evening. Um, I've been here before, so I don't think I need introductions. So we'll just get right to it. Acts chapter 3. The writer says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom he laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, Ask for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I will give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. And he took him by that right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. For just a little while, I want you to think with me from the subject, the road to recovery. The road to recovery. Throughout our lives, oftentimes we have different tragic events, both mentally, physically, and emotionally, that takes us out of our normal element. And whenever we're taken out of our normal element, we find ourselves in a position to have to recover to normalcy. That road to normalcy sometimes can be short but it can sometimes be long. But as we travel that road, we can always think about the moment that put us in that particular situation. We look at this particular text, we find John and Peter, and we find Peter giving a man his strength. But you have to ask yourself, where did all of this begin? If you pick it up at this particular moment, you would think that Peter has had the best life ever he has the ability to give a man his ability to walk just by speaking the words but if you go back in the book of john also in the book of luke you'll see that peter had some troubles in his life that caused him to travel this road jesus told peter in luke chapter 22 He said, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I pray for you that your faith does not fail. And when you return to me, strengthen your brother. Peter responds by saying, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. If you go to prison, If you're going to die, I will follow you wherever you go. But what Peter neglected to do was listen to what Jesus was trying to tell him. He said that Satan has asked for you. And essentially, I've given him permission to do whatever it is he's going to do with you. He said that Satan wants to sift you as wheat. Now, in biblical times, the sifting process was a violent process. In order for them to separate the wheat, they would have to violently agitate the wheat. And what they would do is they would throw it in the air, and the wind would take all the bad stuff, and the wheat would come down. So what Jesus is telling Peter is, Satan wants to separate you and I so that he can have his way with you. Peter is kind of cocky. So Peter says, wherever you go, I will go. So what this does is, this starts Peter down a road to recovery. Because Satan did just that. If you continue to read in the book of John, around, verse, around chapter 13, the Bible says that after they took Jesus, Peter got upset took out his sword and he cut a man's ear off. Jesus told him, he said, put your sword away. You live by the sword, you die by the sword. So what Peter was doing was he was trying to show Jesus that he was going to go wherever Jesus went. Then when they took Jesus and they asked Peter, they said, Peter, weren't you one of those individuals who was with Jesus? Peter said, no, I don't know him. They asked Peter a second time. Peter said, I told you the first time that I don't know him. The third time, a little girl said, now I know that you had to be with Jesus because you sound like the man from Nazareth. Peter started cussing. So after Peter did this, he heard the rooster crow and he remembered what Jesus said, and Peter started to weep. Because at that particular point, Peter understood that where he was was separate from Jesus. So now he's still traveling this road. Jesus is no longer there, and he's standing a guilty distance away from Jesus. So as they took Jesus from judgment hall to judgment hall and they crucified him and they put him in a borrowed tomb of Joseph of Arimathea, when Jesus got up, he told the sisters, he said, go tell my disciples and Peter that I'm coming to visit. He had to make sure that he emphasized Peter because he knew where Peter was in his life. The last words that Jesus heard Peter say was, I don't know him. So after Jesus had had a conversation with the rest of the disciples, he pulled Peter to the side and he said, Peter, do you love me? Peter said, Lord, you, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lamb. Jesus asked him a second time. He said, Peter, do you love me? Peter said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, well, feed my sheep. So Jesus asked him a third time. And just like the last time that Peter got asked the question over and over again, he got a little agitated. He got a little agitated with Jesus, but what Peter didn't realize was He denied him three times. Now you have to confess to me three times that you love me. So he asked him a third time. He said, Peter, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know that I love you. So Jesus said, feed my sheep. And as the book of John closes, we still find Peter in a position to where he hasn't really come full circle back to where he needed to be in the graces of God. So at this particular point, as Acts says now, Peter and John were on their way to the temple. And on their way to the temple, they encountered a man who had been lame from his mother's womb. And this is important for you to understand that he had been lame all of his life. He had never had the opportunity to walk. He had never had the opportunity to put one foot in front of the other. So whenever your body is in a position to where you're not using certain muscles, you'll lose those muscles. So he had just got used to being carried everywhere. Then when he encountered Peter, and John, Peter is in a mindset to where I now remember what Jesus told me. I now remember all of the things that I went through when I was with Jesus. I remember the time when Jesus asked us, who do people say that I am? And I answered and said, they say that you are the Christ, and He told me that upon this rock I'ma build my church. I remember all of the times when I was sat there next to Jesus, and He would teach me the things that I needed to know. So when this man looked up to ask Peter and John for arms, because that's what he did the only way that he could fend for himself was to ask other people to do things for him. So he looked at Peter and John and he was looking to receive something. So the Bible says that Peter got his attention and he said, silver and gold, have I none? And at this point, If I'm expecting silver and gold from you and you tell me you don't have it, I'm going to stop listening. Because anything that you have to say after that has to be irrelevant. But Peter said, what I do have, I'm going to give it to you. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ. How can Peter have the audacity to start throwing around the name of Jesus when he has denied him three times. How do you have the audacity to throw around the name of Jesus when you told people that you didn't know him? Peter understood that on my road to recovery, sometimes I fall. But I have the opportunity at repentance and I can get back up. So Peter said, I don't have any silver and gold. But in the name of Jesus, I want you to get up and I want you to walk. This man had never walked in his life. This man had never even stood up to the point of walking in his life. But now this man is telling you that you have a power that you've never had. Bible says and he took him by the right hand and he lifted him up and immediately the bible says immediately his ankles and his feet received strength now if we go back to luke jesus told peter when you return to me strengthen your brother so peter understood that there was a point in my life where I failed. There was a point in my life where I did not do what I was supposed to do. There was a point in my life where I stood a guilty distance from the Lord, but when he came and spoke to me and asked me did I love him, he was giving me an opportunity to get back right with him. And when Peter got back right with the Lord, he took the rightful place that he had before he left. So when Jesus said, strengthen my brother, that is exactly what Peter was doing. Because the Bible said that immediately he received strength. So when we talk about the road to recovery, Typically, people want to talk about two people. They want to talk about Peter, and they want to talk about this lame man. In a minute, I want to talk about a third, but let's look at the lame man for just a moment. Bible says that he got up, and he began to start walking, leaping, and praising God. So at this particular point, He is strengthened to the point where he can do things now that he's never done before. So his road to recovery started his mother's womb. He had a long, hard road because the only way he could do anything for himself, he had to wait on everybody else. So the Bible says that Peter gave his ankle and his feet strength. But what the Bible does not say is that Peter gave his whole life strength because now he has the ability to fend for himself. Now he does not have to wait for anybody to bring him to the gate. Now he can go for himself. The third group of people I want you to look at is the day folk. T-H-E-Y. Because the Bible said that they brought him to the gate. They walked past him. They left him there. But then when he got up and started leaping and praising, they started looking at him. Look at what the Bible says. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and then they knew. And it's ironic that the Bible never gives a name to the day folk. Because there was probably so many of them who had passed him by so many times, there was too many people to name. And what I want you to realize is, is the day folk were headed to the temple. The day folk left him at the gate while they went in and started worshiping and praising God. Never to think how we could change his life if we just brought him inside of the temple but they continued to lay him at the gate. And what I love about this story is, is that they saw him not pointing fingers at them, but they saw him praising God. They saw him leaping and praising God to a point where his focus was not on the people who had passed him by, but his focus was on the people who blessed them? Look at the text, the Bible says, and all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. So when we look at Peter, Jesus said, when you return, strengthen your brother. He performed a miracle on this lame man. But what did he do for all of the people who were watching? See, one of the things about the people who were going to the temple, worship can sometimes become a ritual. Sometimes we can go to the temple over and over again out of pure habit of going to the temple. And so what it becomes for us, it becomes something that we do because we've always done it versus doing it because we need to be praising God for who he is. So what Peter did was he showed the people that God is still real. He showed the people that God is still relevant because sometimes they would just go to the temple for the sake of going to the temple. But what Peter showed them was the God that you're serving now is real. Let's look at what the text says and they were filled with wonder and amazement. Why would you be filled with wonder and amazement if you know God is real? See, at this point, Peter knew the people in the temple Because as the Bible says at the beginning of chapter 3, they were going to the temple. This wasn't his first time going to the temple. So Peter knew what needed to be done for the people inside of the temple. So his miracle was more for the people watching than for the individual that he performed the miracle on. So when you look at the text, Everybody in the text had their own role to recovery. My problem may not be your problem. What I struggle with, you may not struggle with. What Peter struggled with, they didn't struggle with. What the lame man struggled with, they didn't struggle with. But what Peter showed them was, everybody has a struggle, everybody has a role, but we're all coming to the same temple. Well, the Bible says that they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. So I want you to think about this for just a moment how real is god to you because the truth of the matter is just like in biblical time sometimes we can do things just for the sake of doing things when i grew up mama and daddy took me to church so when i left mama and Daddy's house guess what i did i went to church Did I fully understand why I was going? No, I went because mama went. I went because big mama went. I went because it was ritualistic for me to go. But I didn't fully understand why I was going until I got on my own road to recovery. And when I say road to recovery, again, that means something is going to happen. Something had to happen to me before I realized that he was real to me. So when we look at, is he real? The question that I'm really trying to ask you is, how real is he to you? in this man's condition Peter knew how real he was so he said I'm going to give you what I have and when I say real that means how intimate is your relationship with him Cause what I found out, I'll tell you this short story and the lesson will be yours. What I found out at a young age as a college student is that mama's God and my God were different. And the reason why I say that is is because mama had the ability to pray and things just happened. Mama kept the family together with prayer. And I watched mama pray and I watched mama do things and I watched things happen because of mama's prayer. So when I got out on my own and I started going through life, I was going to do what mama did. But when I started trying to do what mama did, it didn't work like it did when it worked for mama. Because mama had a different relationship with him than I did. So it took me a long time before I realized that I had to stop and have a relationship before I could get the results that mama got. That's why I say, is he real to you? Because if you try to do what somebody else is doing, It may not work for you. That's why when Jesus said, go tell my disciples and Peter, he realized that the other 11 didn't have what Peter had. That's why he could ask Peter, Peter, do you love me? And he didn't ask the other 11 that because he had a different relationship. Parents, do your children know him for themselves or do they only know him through you? Because if they only know him through you, if something happens to you, they're not going to know him for themselves. So, my plea is for us to realize how real he really is because when we realize how real he really is, the end of our road has a light because the one thing about a road to recovery, it looks real dark until you start seeing some improvements. And somewhere along the middle, We want to give up and we want to quit because we don't see any light at the end. But Peter knew his relationship with God was strong enough to, I can tell this man, I'm going to give you what I have. Even though I messed up, even though I told people that I didn't know him, even though I cursed out a little girl who asked me if I knew him, I still have him because he's real to me. And see, the thing about that real relationship is each individual has to answer that question for themselves. I love my wife. I love my wife dearly. But She has to have her own relationship. I love my children. I love them dearly but they have to have their own relationship with him. And the one thing about a relationship is, it's a hands-on experience. Peter had that hands-on experience. That's why his life turned out the way that it did. So I want you to notice something in this text. And I've been reading this text all, practically all my life. But I want you to notice something. The Bible says in verse number 10, well, starting with verse number 9, and all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew. So that means that they had been walking by him not really seeing him, but they were seeing his situation. And when they were seeing his situation, they weren't able to love him because they were looking at his situation. That's why God had to show them that this individual is not his situation. Bible says then they knew. But the question is, how did they not always know? Because my relationship with God has to put me in a position to where I realize everybody else around me. So you ask yourself, whose road was the roughest? Was it Peter's because he denied him? Was it this man because he had been lame all his life? Or was it the people who were blindly going to the temple, not recognizing their brother sitting at the gate? So when you look at your life, again, only you can answer this question. Either You're at the beginning of the road, in the middle of the road, or you're just coming off the road. Question is, how close to recovery are you in your relationship with the Lord? How close to recovery are you? If you don't know him, Recovery is a long way off. But if you truly know him as your Lord and Savior, recovery can be just around the corner. Let us bow. Dear Heavenly Father, we humbly approach your throne. We thank you for your son Jesus. We thank you for the sacrifice that he made on our behalf. We thank you, Heavenly Father, because he paid a price that he didn't owe, because we owed a price that we couldn't pay. And for that, we are eternally grateful. Heavenly Father, we pray that you will continue to rest, rule, and abide with each and every one of us. Whatever situation or circumstance we find ourselves in in life, help us to lean on you. Help us, Heavenly Father, to intentionally build a relationship with you so that in times of trouble, we know that you're there. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for all that you are, all that you've been, and all that you've done in and through our lives. And we just ask you, Heavenly Father, that you allow us the opportunity to be a blessing to someone else. It is these and other blessings we ask in your son Jesus' name. Let us all say amen.